Hey guys, before we start this week's episode, I want to let you know that we are giving away one free registration to Poly Dallas Millennium 2020. Now the event starts on November 6th, and so you have until t- you have from today, October 28th to November 3rd, 2020, to reach out to us and slide into our DMs on Instagram and let us know who you are most looking forward to seeing at PDM 2020. Shem and I will randomly choose one winner and you will get the registration. We will announce the person who wins on the episode dropping on November 4th. So I hope you guys are ready for this. I hope you're pumped. I hope you're psyched. And we really, really can't wait to see you at PDM 2020. So now that I've gotten that over with, let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our last episode, our very last episode in the Kinktober series. We've been on a ride, haven't we, Sham? Oh, it's been such an amazing ride, ride literally sometimes. But it's been a great, great couple of talks you've had, I think. Yeah. So we started out the month just talking a bit about our understanding of kink and some Cosmo articles. (laughs) Then we went to an interview with uh, Zach and Intimacy. Yeah. Then we had a a little chat about um, Secretary. Yes. And now we go to the grand finale. The grand finale. So we started out knowing nothing. And then now, now that we're experts, we can talk to some a couple of real deal living the lifestyle people. Yeah, but we can't tell you exactly who they are yet. We have some stuff we want to get through first before we tell you who they are. I know, like, I'm so excited. I've been sitting on this for a minute and like, I want to scream and like shot it from the rooftops. And I'm just, I'm just like trying to be cool, like trying to chill. I was so nervous in this interview, y'all. I'm not going to lie. You can probably tell when you listen to it. That sounds so stupid. Yeah, he was nervous, among other feelings that she had for our, our lovely guests. You you may pick up on that as well, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. go there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, first things first, what I want to talk to you guys about is Polly Dallas Millennium. Now, come in. It's coming. It's happening. It is happening next weekend, guys. And so if you're listening to this when the episode drops, on October 28th, then PDM is November 6th through the 8th. That is next weekend. And I am hosting the night one festivities, the opening night ceremonies on November 6th with Pages Matam. You might remember Pages from an episode that we had with him where we talked to him and Sheree about digital get down and shadow sex. And Pages is an international poet and writer extraordinaire and if you're kinky you might also know him as a wolf gang so we want you guys to be there we definitely want you to be a part of poly dallas millennium see pages and i do our thing listen to talks by zach budd uh evita lucas sawyers uh king noir and dead setting jasmine they have marla renee stewart who puts on sex down south so 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 many amazing people so many talks polyamorous black girls doing a thing kevin patterson's doing a thing you might know him as poly role models he was on an episode that we had in season one we've had polyamorous black girl on like we it's y'all so many y'all come on yeah you playing you bugging you get to hear jen Yes, you get to hear me and you get to see me as well. You get to see my outfits. I have multiple outfits. I'm not telling you more than that. So if you have not signed up as yet for Poly Dallas Millennium 2020, we want you to click the link in our show notes and I will tell it to you 
out loud. I have a special link just for you guys who listen to the podcast. Are you ready? It is cut, C-U-T-T dot Lee, L-Y slash PDM Jen. Like that's it. That's the link. You click that, you sign up, boom, you're ready. You're there. You're there. I can't wait to see you there. Just, I had to get that out there. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm so excited about this. I'm hype. I'm pumped. I have to work for some of the weekends. I'm going to miss some of the talks, but y'all know I'm like going to be trying to watch while I'm working. So there's that. (laughs) Just sneak it in there. Yeah. Yes. Just a tip. (laughs) Well, that's my dirty joke for the day. I'm kidding. It's not. It's not even close to being my last dirty joke for the day. So much dirty. (laughs) It gets dirty. It gets so dirty. I can't help myself. I can't. I can't. So, Sham, what is one of the biggest things you've taken away from Kink Week or Kink Month, Kinktober? Uh, hmm. Wow. One, one of the biggest things. It's hard to say. Most of that, I need to rethink my idea of what kink is. You know how much of our lives it actually encompasses, and you know kinks versus fetishes and all that. And that I need to do some research into these these new kinks that I've learned about over this week. Like primal was a big thing that I never heard of before, but now I'm really interested in looking up. Um, Drawing on the balls is that a thing for you too? Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> let's let's not get crazy here. I think, I think I need to know all I need to know about that already. And that is no, none. For me, <laughs> well, you know what? We have a listener who told me that they were kind of interested. So you know what? I'm, I'm interested. If that listener is down to let me try, I am down to do it. Godspeed to you both. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this just kind of reinforced some things I, I knew and definitely opened my eyes to things I definitely did not, did not have a clue about at all. Um, it wasn't the primal for me. I, I knew about primal, but that's also because I read fan fiction okay. that involves werewolves, which is why I brought up, you know, thing. It's a part of the ABO Omegaverse thing part. You know what? That's just, that's telling you guys too much about me. That's way too much about me. Yeah, kind of late <laughs> but, that. Yeah, a little bit late, but here we are. Uh, it was It was definitely interesting. We had some great talks and great conversations. This conversation coming up, next is is dope but before we get into that sham tell them about alt playground oh well you know our friends are at alt playground trying to be the number one place for you to meet and connect with other kinky people now they're trying to make it a little bit easier for you to get a taste of just what alt playground is so for just for them to that time only I'm, i'm guessing you can try the most inclusive and modern lifestyle website today for three and $3.99 for three days. That's right. You get full access to everything All Playground has to offer for a a severely reduced price. Trust me, you're going to want to jump on this. Yes, yes. So if you were listening to this, like I said, on the 28th, those episode drops, this offer ends on October 31st. So that means that you have today, the 28th, the 29th, the 30th, the 31st. That's that's your time frame here to take advantage of this. We posted about this on our social media last week, but we listen, so nice we got to tell you twice. Like this is this is a great deal. So if you do not know what our community is like, where occasionally you will find uh, risque photos of us and see links to our podcast and other amazing things that we share with our community members. This is where you need to be. This is where you need to be at. We need you guys to take advantage of this amazing deal. 
jump on experience the features what features do they what features can they get like I mean, t- tell them sham so much so many features like the sexy the very sexy big wall the communities from different content creators and clubs you know those clubs throughout the place exclusive videos in the video corner you know some of these places they have um content other places but they have the video corner for exclusive videos and of course you can do what the main thing is connected sex positive people from across the country don't you want to do that come on they definitely do so you guys should sign up today at outplayground.net and take advantage of this amazing deal 3.99 for three days until october 31st go ahead get it get it get it i feel like that's encouragement enough like are you guys encouraged i, I think you got it yeah Okay, guys, so now that I've gotten that out of the way, let's just dive into this shit. I'm Jen. Oh, I'm Sham. And, and we're, we're monogamish. Maybe. I think so. I think so. Huh. It sounded we'll see. A little bit, a little bit, just a little bit. Okay, so. Najee heard of the lovely music. I created that music, by the way, with my dad. I don't think I told you guys that. Have I ever told that on the podcast before? I'm not sure. I feel like we might have discussed where the music came from, but you know what? You don't get enough credit. So credit again to, to you know, to Jen and Papa Jen for... <laughs> Papa Jen. I'm going to tell him that you called him that. Lovely theme music, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And now what you guys have all been waiting for. Who is our special guest this week, you might ask? Who am I fangirling over? Well, let's be honest here. Who am I not fangirling over in recent times? But real talk, it's King Noir and Jet Setting Jasmine. Like, I y'all. Wish we, I wish we could have like a, a swoonometer like going throughout the podcast so you guys can know how much Jen is swooning as the time goes on. But I mean, you can probably guess it's a very steady climb. It's a very steady swoon the entire episode. I mean, I have seen you know, King and Jasmine talk at conferences at, on IG Live, listen to their podcast. I've seen their work. Uh, you know, they are sex workers and they are activists and creators. Jasmine is also a therapist. I mean, it is, they, they do so many amazing things and do so much amazing work. They also are part of the BIPOC collective. And wow, y'all, y'all. They yeah. they do so many great stuff with their clothes on and off. Yes, exactly. See, that's a good way to describe it, Sham. Look at you being all like poignant and shit. Uh, so we, of course, have them introduce themselves a little bit at the beginning, as we usually do with our guests. And, I mean, if you don't know who King and Jasmine are by now, really, what, who are you? What are you doing? I don't know how that's possible to think this. Exactly. How is that possible at this yeah, point? You can know them a lot better right now. Absolutely. So listen to our interview with King Noir and Jet Setting Jasmine right now. So on this week's episode, we have very, very famous people. That's what I like to say about all of our guests. But these guests are like extra specially famous because I had to jump through. I'm kidding. I didn't jump through anything. I just messaged them on Instagram. (laughs) But yeah, we have King Noir and Jet Setting Jasmine here with Sham and I today. Excuse me while I fangirl and squee everywhere and Sham probably will have to talk for the entire episode, but that is okay. (laughs) That is fine. I am not embarrassed at all. My shame tree does not do that. So we want to thank them so, so much for being here today. And we're just interested in having a very great conversation. I don't want to take 
too much by, you know, introducing them when they're already here. So I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves a little bit before we dive into the nitty gritty. So King or Jasmine, I don't know who wants to go first, but you guys can flip a coin and decide. Peace, peace. What's going on? My name is King Noir, and I am half of Royal Fetish Films, Jet Setting Jasmine LLC, Royal Fetish Music Entertainment. We are a dynamic duo, but the really beautiful half is next to me, and I'll let her introduce herself. Why, thank you. I am Jet Setting Jasmine, the co-owner of the previously mentioned amazing companies and also the lead psychotherapist and owner of Blue Pearl Therapy. I'm happy to be here this evening. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So I just want to say very quickly that I, yeah, I saw you guys this week doing your rounds and talks and stuff. And I saw you guys had a conversation with Sheree from uh, the Polycultural Diversity Alliance about your talk at PDM that's coming up, right? Yes. Yes, yes. Yes, I'm so excited for that. I actually saw you guys at Sex Down South where you gave your sex positive parenting talk. And I was like, this is so interesting. I've never thought about it that way. (laughs) Was that that the talk that we actually had one of our positively parented children at? Uh no, not that was the one this year that was all online. Yeah, there was no uh, okay. oh, they because were last, yeah. last um last year when uh when it was live yeah. at uh Sex Down South, we actually had our baby with us. Yes. He co was, co-signing. He was not missing uh Sex Down <laughs> South for the world. <laughs> Kids, right? They're just they just they need to be involved. I totally understand. They just have to be there. So, yeah, I mean, that was it was a very interesting talk because you definitely mentioned things that, of course, I think we think about growing up um, about sex and about how we respond to our bodies and how our ownership of our own bodies with other people. But I think at a certain point, we just kind of lose sight of that based on, you know, outside influence, whether it's like family or, you know, friends or school or stuff. And it really is important to be able to communicate with the people in your life that you can trust who actually know what's going on and not other like 12 year olds. So I think it's great that you guys do what you do and you give these talks. Thank you. Okay. So now that I've gotten that hard, super hard stuff out of the way, <laughs> very, <laughs> yeah, that's the hard stuff. So now let's go into the easy bit. Um, as you know, our podcast is about non-monogamy and polyamory. So I want to know a little bit about your journey into non-monogamy. Like, was there a time when, you know, baby Jasmine and baby King were like, you know what? I just want to be non-monogamous at like 12 years old with my first boyfriend or girlfriend. <laughs> um, No, I, I didn't. Baby Jasmine just wanted to be a good girl and be pleased and kind and all things thoughtful. Um, and then I realized that I was doing that every five years with a new person. <laughs> and so um, I actually learned through a podcast and, and meeting King on that podcast where I was exploring all things sex and sexuality that um, we took a, a, a quiz and I came up as way poly before I even like knew what that was. And then then we did like a show on swinging and I was like, oh, like, that sounds cool. And poly sounds interesting. And 
all of these options are available. And, and really, I, I learned about serial monogamy on one of those shows. And I was like, oh, I think that's what I had been doing all along. Um, so meeting the right partner to explore that, which that partner was King, um, I was able to really see what was a good fit for me. And it's it's something in between swinging and polyamory. So I like to consider myself a sexual opportunist. And that's that's where I am. <laughs> Writing that one down, sexual opportunist. Join the yeah, join the club. Join the club. <laughs> Jazz is the president and treasurer <laughs> of Sexual Opportunists Worldwide Incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that she got the uh she realized she was poly from doing one of those quizzes and I was thinking I would whenever I do those quizzes, I would never think this would somehow change my life forever. But you know, I'm glad it worked out for you. Do the quiz. Do the quiz. <laughs> do a bunch of them. One of them will work out for you. <laughs> I guess I've got some more quizzes to do. I I was different in the sense that I pretty much have always been poly in some sort of way. I just didn't know that there was terminology for it or, you know, groups and communities of people that, you know, organized around it. Um, when I was my my main girlfriend in high school, we were both very just just in a exploratory time of our lives, and I just remember all of her friends being like, "He doesn't really love you if he lets you do stuff with other people. Like he doesn't care about you or something like that, you know." And for me, even at that time, I was like, I don't know. 15, 16 years old, and I was just like, nah, I, I do love you. I want you to be happy. You know, like, that's it. Like, there was nothing else to it. Like, if that's what you want to do, you know, as long as you keep it 100 with me, I'm going to keep a 100 with you. So we actually got to explore a lot of different uh, – we explored some people together, but we also, in our exploration, would have conversations about it. Like, it was – up until Jasmine, probably my most mature relationship, you know. Um, after after that, though, I, I went through a lot of relationships where people were just like, oh, yeah, um, I'm down for that or I'm interested in that. And then we would actually be in a relationship and they'd be like, I can't, I can't do that anymore. I can't share you. I care too much. Or how could you do that? That means you don't care or that you don't love me. So... You know, either I was single for a long time or I was trying to force myself into relationships that ultimately just made me miserable. Uh, been there. <laughs> there. I mean, not going back. Ever. Not, definitely not. Not ever. But see, it's great that you guys found each other and you came together and you guys complement each other and seem to work well together. Of course, I am saying this as an outsider internet person who is not in the daily everyday life so we can only see what's put out there but what's put out there looks pretty damn good that's all i'm gonna say why thank you, thank why you thank very much. yeah it sounds like the perfect of the origin story it's it's pretty representative yeah i mean i don't know i don't i don't I, I especially since we have been sharing our relationship and what brought us together and all of that i feel like so many uh people have reached out like either I've been in the same situation or I'm currently in the miserable part and I want to not be miserable anymore. And it also leads to really great conversations with people who are monogamous because I tell them like, it's okay to be like, 
I'm me, you be you, you know what I'm saying? But don't lie to yourself that you're a poly if you're not. It's okay to be in a monogamous relationship. It's just find a person that is for you, which is the same advice that I would give to somebody who's trying to play monogamous and really they poly. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that people just need to be their authentic selves. Like you said, if this is who you are, then as long as you're not lying to yourself and you can figure out the best way to embrace who you are and what you're about, then we should all be on the same team. For sure. That's that's what I think anyway. Um, yeah. So you guys have done that. You've done your journey into non-monogamy. You're here. And then there is kink. You said you, Jasmine, you said you'd done some quizzes about kink and kind of explore that in that way as well. Yeah, I mean that 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 entire period uh, of time that I was on this um, relationship podcast as a host, it was you know just doing this, doing research to bring information to other people, but needing to do it through lived experiences, um, and, and and exploring kink uh, as an adult. The, the most interesting aspect of it has been realizing that it has always been a part of my life in some shape or form. Again, like King mentioned, not having like the language or not having the education uh, provided for all the different alternative uh, sexual options that were available. Um, really, it was just like, like being a kid in a candy store, like, oh, wow, like I've been doing edge play since I've been having sex. You know, um, I've been a dominant as long, like, I, I could definitely say that little baby Jasmine was definitely a dominatrix and has like <laughs> carried that into adulthood. Um, but not really knowing that there was, you know, space for me to do it professionally. And also that there would be men and, and, and women that I'm attracted to that would allow that, you know, there's oftentimes for people of color, we um, are really limited in what our sex is um, what the expectations around our sex is. So, you know, wanting to explore some of this domination energy that I had with with Black young men at the time, it was definitely like kind of scary. Uh, and like, what would they? What would they think? Would they reject the idea? So I was doing it very non consensually, kind of like tricking people into my little web. Um, so I'm so thankful to have um, been able to meet people who were practicing ethically um and also just being able to surround myself with lots of education and and safe opportunities and and now um here we are fast forward many years later doing the the same service that was made available to me as like a newbie exploring kink with giving people safe ways to explore kink and bdsm and really just all kinds of uh you know, I don't even like to say non-traditional or unconventional because all of these things have been here. So really things that ha just are not presented in our typical introduction to sex. So now we do all the things with all the people and I love it. Oh, yes. Because I see you both are master fetish trainers. That's like the official title. Mm -hmm. That's yes. that's that. So I now I just have to ask that what, what goes into a training session? Not like the full thing, of course, because I know like we got guys, you got to pay them for that. I'm just like, you know, just to have an idea as someone exploring kink for the first time, well, kink in a meaningful way for the first time, what sorts of things would I be looking forward to in a master fetish training session? Well, it all depends on what your particular kink or fetish is and then how you want to experience it. So we do both 
sessions where you get to completely dive in and experience like a full role play kind of session. Or we also do tutorials. Like let's say you want to learn how to do impact play in a safe way with your partner. You know, you might not want it to be a full role play session where where Jasmine and I dominate you both. You might just want to know how to learn how to do it in a safe way. So it really depends on how you want to approach it. So let's say it's something where it is, you know, a tutorial. We're going to go through all the safety aspects. We're going to actually get deep into uh, what brought both of you to the session, what you're trying to get out of the session. You know, what happens uh, after the session, like how to do aftercare properly, how to take care of your partner, how to look out for certain, uh, you know, both verbal and nonverbal cues in regards to safety with your partner. And then if it's something where you're just doing a full on role play and experience, you know, you still get that same education, but you're also going to get to uh, have that impact play session with us. Okay, I'm already signed up in my mind. So the, you know what? We'll, you we'll talk off the air about that. That sounds exciting <laughs> and thrilling. Sham, you can stay home for that. This is about me. Thanks. That's Ooh, fine. Thanks. I'll, just, I'll just be a very far away uh, watcher from the corner. A very far away corner. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's so funny. Because like, this month we're mostly talking about kink and, of course, trying to explore different ideas about it. And Sham and I kind of had an episode where we unpacked our thoughts about it and what the different words meant. And yeah, there is no language for what we were seeing on TV or understanding about ourselves for a long time. And so we're glad that we now live in the age of the internet that actually has information, not when our teachers told us you couldn't use the internet because it wasn't true. Yeah, that was also well, a thing. Anyway. I think fetish and kink has become such a dirty and taboo word that people don't realize that all of us have fetishes and kinks. And, you know, people automatically go to like leather in a dungeon with whips and chains, but there are kinks and fetishes that we experience every day. I'm sure all of your listeners get their ASMR fetish off listening to y'all voices. You know, um, just that, that, that kind of idea that there are things that turn us on in the world that are not directly related to procreation. So if you have the if you're turned on by something that doesn't result directly in procreation, then you have a fetish. You have kinks, you know, and it's like the point in time where everybody needs to just as we said earlier, you know, be open and honest about who you are. Yeah. It's going to make everybody relieve a level of stress that they didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. But when you when you suppress all of these natural feelings and emotions and desires, then they pop out and, and come out in the wrong ways. So if we wanna actually have healthy sex lives, it's important to be honest with ourselves and honest with our partners about what we're into. Oh, yep, yep, yep. I just, I'm nodding a lot, I'm making a lot of notes. This is this is an educational yet sexy session, guys. So oh, pretty sexy. much everything that King and Jasmine do. It's exactly on brand for them. And it's so interesting that you mentioned it that way because, yeah, you are right. We've been taught that King and Fetch is definitely all about sex and the act of sex. And uh, we talked to Zach Budd and Intimacy, who are both, you know, doms. You know, Zach is a sadistic dom. And so he <laughs> makes sure that he enjoys beating on people and doesn't need a reason to. But uh, of course, ethically, 
Um, uh, we, we've had conversations about that, you know, about how kink is, it's an entire lifestyle and not everything is linked to sex, despite what the media has tried to tell us. Um, so what would you say for you guys is a non-sexual, you know, not linked to the act of procreation that is kink or fetish that you have? So right now, um, we're doing a series of, of virtual shoots. We're exploring socially distancing BDSM, so um, SD BDSM, because we can never have enough acronyms. And um, <laughs> I am really, you know, being being in a, a physical space with someone, um, and you're asking them or telling them to do certain things. There is, you know, there's certainly a little bit of a power dynamic that is like, you know, if I don't do this, then this might happen, like this consequence. And I and I love that. I love that aspect of doing anything from like in, impact play or um, just any form of domination live. But since we've been doing it via social distancing, having people spank themselves, smack themselves, choke themselves, pin themselves, taking orders from you when there is absolutely no way in the world you can get over there, you know, and like teleport yourself and apply the punishment, but them still taking these demands and and, and getting their own sexual gratification from being dominated um, from afar it actually feels that much more powerful and it really does feed, um, feeds my ego. That's for sure. And I found myself (laughs) getting like super turned on, um, at the, the creativity that's, that goes into what you can have a person do and how far they like, even how much harder they'll, they'll spank themselves and hit themselves than I actually would in person. So that's been really cool watching people push their own limits at your, you know, at your request. Um, that's been really sexy for me. I think for me, especially with this socially distant time, is a conversation that has some depth to it, that has some meaning behind it. Because then I'm actually like, ooh, this person, they got some substance and I want to fuck that substance. <laughs> so like I find I find like the I guess the sapio kind of uh sapiosexual in me has come out even more when it comes to like you know like if we're planning one of those shoots with somebody and they're like oh and then I could do this or we see what they did on the other side creatively like oh that was a turn on like I think I think that aspect has really come up yeah, we're all definitely figuring out maybe some things we hadn't really paid as much attention to before about what turns us on or really just kind of reaffirming what we kind of already knew like oh yeah, this is this is what I like. This is this is the thing. This is the button and you're we're pressing it the right way. I think we need to put that on this week's ep- well, the tagline for this, week, this week's episode is just like I want to fuck that substance dash King Jasmine. That's like this <laughs> episode. I love that. I love yeah, that. I, that's that's pretty much probably exactly what's going to happen. Someone just has to remind me because my brain is like Swiss cheese occasionally. That's why this is recorded, so you can go back and be like, "Oh, that's what was happening." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. So I know that you know we're still in the grips of the pandemic. You know, 
the Rona has taken over everything. And how has it been for you guys with, you know, seeing partners or not seeing partners and trying to navigate the space where you're obviously like not traveling as much for work and not doing some of the other things you guys had planned for the year? Shit, we ain't been nowhere. <laughs> We've been here since when? March 17th. March 17th. And actually, I am supposed to be going to do some work in Miami uh, in a couple days. So it'll be the first time out besides uh, like running to see uh, family that we've also, that has also been uh, socially distancing and quarantining. Wow. Yeah. You guys are, you guys are good. You guys are good. I sadly have to go into the office. So not as much of the, you know, (laughs) staying at home thing here. I did stay home for about six months. That was great. And then it's like, ha ha ha. We need you in the office now. We lied and said it was a remote position. Please come. (laughs) Come to work. Chop, chop. That is not okay. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, the, the good thing is that we have, our business has been set up um, from its inception to to have virtual components. And um, so that, that adjustment hasn't been that challenging um, from the business perspective. From a partner perspective, um, you know, it's... It, it's been interesting from the perspective, like King said, like having to be creative. And some partners have fallen off because they are just better live. I mean... <laughs> That's big facts. Though. You know, that's okay. Um, I as long as they made it safely through the pandemic, there will be and, and we do as well, there will be a time to reconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had to make some hard decisions for the safety of our family and the safety of our business and the safety of our partners as well. And you know, um that has been also very important is watching how others have um have addressed the pandemic, you know, like People not making good decisions doesn't like doesn't turn me on. It really pisses me off. So I think um, this has really been able to show us how do some of our partners handle stress. You know how um, how do they make decision? You know how decision making is done. So you know, just some really interesting things. I've been saying all week that out of chaos comes opportunity, and you know we have definitely taken a lot of really cool opportunities to like, you know, like you mentioned, Polly Dallas, um, we're excited to be a part of that. And maybe if it wasn't virtual, that option wouldn't be available. Um, the same thing is like exploring, uh, socially distancing BDSM and, and shooting porn. The reality is many people have relationships, uh, that are online pandemic or no pandemic. Mm-hmm. So being able to give people creative ways to connect with each other that don't involve uh, linking up in person has also been a great opportunity that serves our community and it serves us, you know, business-wise as well. Yeah, that definitely, like I said, I think that as long as, well, we're going to be quarantined till about 2024 at this point especially in Florida, because, you know, it's like, this is never going to end. Nope. This is, this is never going to end. But it, I, a lot of people have had to be figuring this out. And so you guys offering this sort of content specifically is definitely, I mean, I'm on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not with nobody right now. But, you know, you never know what might happen. You, might, you just have to be prepared just in case. Mm-hmm. 
just in True. case you never know. So I'm definitely figuring out the best ways to be present and intimate with partners and people that I am seeing. And I appreciate you guys looking at it from, you know, that standpoint as well, where you're also trying to build or, you know, decide which connections are able to be kept in your life because ooh, COVID protocols for everyone are not the same. <laughs> well, this is, this is also a really good time to get in touch with yourself. Like um, if you, mm. I know personally I'm, I'm in a relationship and quarantining with my partner, but I have been exploring every single possible way to masturbate. Yes, he has. <laughs> During the <laughs> pandemic as well, you know? So, I mean, if we are with our partners, there are definitely ways to, socially distance and entertain one another, but also find new ways to please ourselves. And then when we do actually get with somebody, we're like, oh, check out all this shit I learned about myself that now I get to share with you. So you've been training for the comeback. He's been training for the comeback or he's been coming for the comeback. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm corny. Can't yeah. help it. It sounds like some people are going to get some really good post-pandemic sex and then some people are just never going to get sex again. Damn. As as long as they have themselves, they will they will always have sex. Yes. Well, you know, you're saying like you know, some partners aren't really dealing with it as well, so they may not. Yeah, yeah. You know, get yeah, that call sure. back. They may not have our sex. That is true. <laughs> oh, that's what you mean. Yeah, they'll get some sex, but just not the uh, the premium brand. <laughs> I mean, if you got it, you got to own it, right? Like we all know. King and Jasmine have the premium brand. We've all seen the clips. We've all seen whatever, which brings me into, you know, I guess, I mean, we call it sex work as an overall term, but there's so many different aspects of sex work people get involved in. So I want to talk about it from the very beginning. What was your first foray into sex work? Mm, my first foray into sex work was being 18 years old and talking all of my friends at the time to strip at a strip club down in Miami. And they, they did it. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I made the most money. So I was like, oh, there's a feature in this. Um, and I did, I did it a couple of times, but it was very novelty. Just like, oh, like I'm grown, you know, I can do what I want. So let me do the grownest thing possible. And I wanted to be like Diamond from the, what was his name? Players, Players Club. Players Club. Players yeah, Club. Definitely. Yep. Mm -hmm. that was my trouble, trouble, trouble. <laughs> That was my first. Um, and, and the funny story with that is the, working in the strip club, like part time, I, I was, I think the when I actually went back to it, like a little bit more often where it wasn't just a novelty thing, it was like earning some extra money. Um, I had already graduated college and everything, and I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do with my life. But going and working in the strip club, I realized I would make a really good therapist because that's where I learned that men didn't just go to the strip club to see um, the women dancing or like to like try to flirt and take them home. They, they look for a non-judgmental space to talk. And I was like, holy shit, I can sit here and just listen to this person's problems and keep getting paid or song after song and not bust a, like break a sweat or have to like bust it wide open. This is awesome. Like, where could I do this that I didn't have to wear a wig okay. and I found therapy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. you know, strippers are saving lives thanks amen 
How about for you? I guess my first full act of sex work was I got paid to be in a a magazine. I don't know what magazine it was. Is this is a while ago, but uh, my homegirl, she was a dancer. She was a stripper who saved my life because <laughs> she was like, "You don't need to be out there hustling. You need to be in these pictures hustling, and you can make some money." Um, she she knew what I like. I was already like, I guess a known exhibitionist. <laughs> so she was like, "You have no problem doing this. Come through." And I don't know. It was like maybe about two hours work. It wasn't even full sex. It was all implied. Where it was like we were always close enough to doing something that in the pictures it looked like we were about to do the shit, but it was all like you know certain magazines they don't show full intercourse. Sounds like Skinamax. Yeah, it was like it was like, but fully nude though. So it was like fully nude Skinamax. It was like uh, HBO Real Sex or something. Mm-hmm. And after after I did that, I was like, okay, like that was cool, but what's next? And I actually offered that shoot. I got a bunch of people who and couples who wanted to hire me for like cuckolding and domination sessions. So that's that's when I fully fully got into the business. So that that the word for that is bull, right? Or is it right? Is that the word for it? If you're the person that's I was never into being it. I was never into being called a bull, honestly. Uh it was it was whatever name I was using at the time when I was performing, which which changed uh, a bunch of times in the early days, but then King worked fine. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't like um Especially like looking into some of the history of where bull comes from, especially in reference to black men, I don't, I don't really adhere to that aspect of it. Yeah, def- there is a lot of terms oh, that yeah. they use that um kind of come from a favorite uh, place. Am I kind of? I just mean very racist. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Thank yeah, you. we don't we don't pull punches here. Just that some shit's just real, real fucking racist. Like yeah. that, that. That's that on that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm still learning some of these terms from different things that I don't do. So I was like, wait, is that the word for that? Or is that a dragon? I'm like, is a dragon a bisexual man? I don't know. I'm very confused now. But yeah, that's why I was like, is that the name for that bull? Yeah, sounds about right. It reminds me, awkwardly enough, of that horrible British video. Sham, do you remember what I'm talking about? Where the no. black dude was um, fucking the, the woman and her husband was just sitting there and everyone was so uncomfortable they left the room because of how obvious it was the wife was enjoying herself a bit too much. Oh, the swinger video when they're all Yeah, there. that one. It was like an orgy but he was the only one left out. Yeah, I remember that. That's Sounds a lot like that. When you do like the history of it though, cuckolding initially didn't have the term bull. So like if you go back to like wherever it was used originally, probably England or whatever, um bull was not the term. It was really just you were a cuckold. Oh. That was it. When it um, the American aspect of everything, because pretty much uh, everything in America is racist, <laughs> which is why when you protest racism in America, no, they you think said. you're protesting America. <laughs> but um, that's a whole nother conversation. But they added the bull here because there's a big fetish uh, in white men's minds of breeding. And when they would breed us on plantations, that was one of the words that they would use to reference us. So like a lot of times you'll see in some of these uh, women who are like 
queen of spades or any of that other racist shit. They'll say like, you know, breed me or all of that. And that shit goes back mm. to uh, white people's fetishization of, of black sexuality in regards to breeding and shit like that. So yeah, I was never, I was never into the bull term, but I was into fucking people's wives. That was cool. <laughs> I mean, still am, but I was, I was yeah, I we, were, we were talking in the past tense about this previous story that got me started fucking people's Sorry. lives. Nah, we <laughs> no, no, I, it's so funny because I was actually just going to ask you about what you thought about the Queen of Spades thing and if that's something that you happen to be un, not unintentionally included in as a you know someone who is fucking people's wives so i literally that was like my next question about that but since since you already answered we're good but it good. it really is the most racist shit like mm-hmm. there's don't let anybody try to trick you or whatever now, i'm not saying you specifically but the listeners out there don't let any of these people try to slick you with they slickery or trick you with they trickery it's the most racist fucking shit it's completely rooted in it. Spade used to be a, 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 a term that was used widely in regards to um, denigrating black people. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I guess some words just don't keep up with racist terminology or something, or they got some new shit that they call us. But spade is, is a racist term. And I do want to say, though, you know, I, I also think, you know, not all times when somebody has sex with somebody's wife, is it a cuckolding situation? You know, sometimes it's a threesome, sometimes it is an open or poly relationship. But I do think in in terms of porn, cuckolding is played on a lot because of racism. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why people think of that term mostly. They don't even know, like, the history of it or anything like that. They Like, for example, like, I get people asking all the time, like, why don't I see black cuckolds or Spanish cuckolds or anything like that? Like it's always, it's always white with a black quote unquote bull, right? Mm-hmm. Because that that's, that's where it's rooted within the porn industry is that like racist aspect for the most part. Which now makes me want to talk to you a little bit about your BIPOC collective. I know I'm, I'm hop skipping and jumping, but this is also important because you guys are definitely trying to, well, you guys have changed the game and are still changing the game as adult entertainers and educators and trainers. And tr- you're trying to create a more inclusive and ethical adult entertainment industry. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that before I start badging about more personal stuff? Sure. So, um, so King and I have been, been working to make um, changes in the adult industry around race since our, since, I mean, it's really a, uh, one of the number one reasons why we got into the adult industry is to um, challenge the stereotypes and the narratives that were being put out there and to improve the representation of black and brown people um, exploring sex from romance to hardcore to BDSM and kink. And um, so we'd been traveling around the world having these talks and really helping consumers understand what they were consuming and how to be more ethical consumers of of porn. Um, fast forward to this this summer with the um, murder of Mr. George Floyd and the uprisings, it was, you know, everyone had had enough. Every industry, every corner or crevice where Black, Brown 
people of color um, live and work, really we're challenged with what do we what do we do? What do we need to do to mobilize and to, to bring forth change? And that happened in the adult industry as well. Um, Cinnamon Love, a 26-year veteran in the industry, put out a call to performers to jump on a call and um, first and foremost is was to check in and, and make sure that everyone was okay emotionally. And during that first meeting, there was just, you know, so many people telling the same story of how they had been treated and how they were tired of being misrepresented, underrepresented, underpaid, all of, all of these things um, in the adult industry. And I think that was um, likely, or felt like a first time that um, as many performers, you know, new performers, cam performers, live sex workers, uh, award-winning veteran sex workers all got together and were saying the same thing. And we were also recognizing our power in the industry as well. You know, looking at all of those starlets and stars on, on the screen thinking, wow, half of the porn that people watch cannot be made without the mem- the people that are on this call. And from that um Several members, you know, joined joined as leaders to creating what is now the BIPOC Adult Industry Collective, where our focus is on building community, um, taking care of one another, and taking care of one another through our many events um, that we host for education and training, so that way we are able to mature through this industry with the same resources and networks as our white counterparts. Um, we are every Wednesday, we have a wellness Wednesday where we are focusing on the mental health of BIPOC performers, as well as the physical and spiritual health through yoga. Um, and we are um, so excited that we were able to award just last quarter three mutual aid um, funds to Black um, and Indigenous performers so that they don't have to say yes to these jobs that are racist, or they don't have to um, say, you know, they, they don't have to put themselves in unsafe positions during the time of COVID to take care of themselves. Um, and we're continuing to do that by our our programming, which brings money in through our mutual aid program. So it's just been a really great opportunity for us to collaborate again, to highlight our power in the industry, to use it as bargaining chips, to hold these companies accountable, and then also to take care of each other, to identify one another and, um, and to take care of each other. And it feels, it feels really good to do the work. I follow you guys on Instagram, uh, you know, you guys, and also the BIPOC collective. And it is, it is very interesting. And I think that a lot of people kind of don't, and I, I say kind of, but it's true. A lot of people do not view sex workers as human. They don't view people who participate in sex work, who are porn stars, you know, et cetera, as human beings who have or who need the support and who need services that you provide and who are facing the same discrimination that people face outside on the street, just inside the sex work industry. So it, it is very important to bring these conversations to the forefront and actually take care of, you know, the black and brown bodies who are really like, come on. You guys are the top earners for everything. Like mm-hmm, <laughs> black mm-hmm. people are the top earners for everything, but somehow we're underpaid. How is that possible? People mm-hmm. are people are searching. You know, I mean, the most racist terms, obviously, but they're searching big black cock and you know breeding black dick and you know uh, black woman whore, whatever it is. People are searching these days. I've seen some weird things on 
on websites, but they're searching all these things. And these are the top searches that people have, the things they're most interested in, but somehow all the performers are underpaid. Once you are darker than a paper bag, how is that possible? Yeah. I mean, some of it has been institutional, institutionalized just as every other aspect of American life, like getting back to that, you know, porn is just a microcosm of the rest of the society, but also it has a way of, because it is like that, that carnal, uh, that carnal aspect, you know, a lot of things kind of like reveal themselves a lot sooner than they would in say the banking industry. You know, they're going to let you sit down for a whole meeting and then tell you they can't give you a loan because of such and such and such, you're black, right? But in porn, they could just come out and say, we don't shoot interracial films. I don't want to shoot any Asian people today. I don't want to shoot any Latinas today. You know what I mean? Like you, it's become so commonplace that that's how people speak or that you have certain companies that only shoot interracial. Um, And by interracial, they usually mean like, 9.9 9.9 times out of 10, it's a black man and a white woman. Yeah. And it's going to be fetishized. It's going to be uh, stereotypical. It's going to reduce that black man to only his genitals. You might see his face. You know, it's, it's, and, and, they, and they try to play up on the, uh, they try to play up on like some kind of like, savageness about us right like if you think of titles of films that you read or even some of the major sites out there like uh blacked is literally just saying that if you sleep with a black man now you're tainted for life right so you have Mm -hmm. all of these aspects of racism that are just pushed by the industry and then accepted by consumers so that shit has to change absolutely and i mean that's also why you guys started doing your own content because, I mean, shit is gross out there <laughs> working for a <someone laughs> bigger name. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, outside is really, really gross. I'm kind of like, I don't feel safe here. I want to come home. I don't even want to go to certain porn sites. I'm just like, this doesn't feel right. Yep, <laughs> this doesn't feel right. And you are so right about the descriptions in porn sometimes. It's very much the black man is just, like, big and savage and scary. And then the, the little mm-hmm. white girl is always so innocent and pure and is being destroyed by the black And defiled. Yep. <laughs> terrible ah yeah i mean it, it it is something that we definitely i think well i'm encouraging more people to push back against if possible so i mean knowing what the industry was like and so do, would you say that wanting to make it better is what made you continue in sex work and you know helped you figure out what you want to create and how to put it out there for the masses well what initially had me continuing in sex work was you know putting food on the table and keeping a roof over my head uh, but at the same time, like I've always, I, I was raised with knowledge itself, so I wasn't here to take any anybody's bullshit. I'm not going to be spoken to any kind of way. I'm not going to be used uh, for anybody's race play or presented as anybody's coon. That's just not what I'm on this earth for. So uh, personally, it's been it's been something where it has been like make. I got to do this my own way. And then once Jasmine and I started working together, um, people at our fantasy flight parties used to always pretty much say the same thing that you just said. Why can't I find any good black porn and stuff that's out there? Like, it's not okay. So I don't want to engage in it. So they were like, well, what, what y'all, why don't y'all make something? 
<laughs> so then, you know, Jazz was willing to to try it. We had a sub actually shoot us, uh, shoot our first scene, which was uh, very, very organic. Like it was just like us waking up in the morning and and having some morning sex lit by the by the sunrise and all that shit sounds all romantical. It was romantical, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, and and but just that within itself was was different than what other people had seen in regards to black porn or sexuality that's presented on film. Like I, I, a lot of times, we limit it to porn, but you know. Hollywood hasn't been really great at no. at expressing the the vastness and the depth of black sexuality either. But you know, when we first made that one, and then Jazz saw herself, and she's like, "Oh, I look good." Yeah, it was that, and <laughs> I mean, it it was definitely that. It was also my first thought was I would actually watch porn if this yeah. if this was available. So I was like, "Okay, let's make it available." <laughs> And then I only watch oh, myself 999. now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you only watch yourself? You don't watch any other kind of? You don't watch anyone else? I'm just kidding. I watch all of our friends. I mean, nothing wrong with I, that. I, well, no, I mean, I, I also almost exclusively only watch you, so I was just curious. Uh, no, um, no, you know what? I I do watch our stuff, but the, the, the challenge with watching our stuff is that I'm always thinking like, you know, like, did that get in there? Is that, is that, was that a good cut? You know, so I'm, I watch it a little too critically to enjoy it, but I actually watch some of King's films that he's in that I'm not in. Cause I could be a lot less, I'm not as critical. Um, and it has the aesthetic that I like. And usually I know the, the, other partner in it or the other, you know, co-star. So I know what that chemistry was like or what he, you know, if he enjoyed the the film or not. So that's kind of fun. Um, I enjoy watching some of our friends in the industry that I know are like that they enjoy putting, producing their work. Um, it's just kind of nice when you, when you know what's behind the, the yeah. scene, that they had a good time, that they're doing their thing, that they're proud of their work. Um, that is, that's pretty cool. Okay, so who are some of your recommendations you would say for other stars to watch that's not just you two? Jose. Uh, they didn't pay us to mention it. Oh, shit. Definitely check out the BIPOC Collective and check out all the people that you've seen us shoot with that we haven't said later on. Hey, that person is racist. racist. <laughs> <laughs> no, so right right now, um, I I do like watching Wolf Hudson. I I tend to enjoy um, lesbian and gay sex. Um, that that out there tends to be more passionate, right? Like so, um, right now I'm enjoying watching Wolf Hudson's um, uh, his bi shoots. They're really fun. They have good energy, and he's, I know that he's having he's fun. He's having now. all the bi adventures. He has all the bi adventures, all the combinations <laughs> you could think of. That's really fun. I really enjoy watching Avery Jane, um, which we just had uh, we had an opportunity to shoot with her. Um, also, a scene is coming up with you and oh, her yes. very soon. It's dropping like tomorrow. Yeah, she has such like an enthusiasm for sex. Like I just want to bottle it and break it out every now once in a while. Um, what else is sex am I enjoying right now? I like Sarah Lace. I like watching oh, Sarah. I like I like Sarah Lace's OnlyFans. Yeah. yeah, I like watching that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What else is out there? What's some 
It's a ma- oh, I know. Be nasty. We were yeah. talking about her just the other she, day. She got some mm-hmm. really good content. Um, I'm also fans of um, of Gaia and Julius because they are another couple in the industry, and yeah. um, and just also knowing what they how they are um, improving representation as well in in terms of Black people in porn and their style. Um, so that's been really really enjoyable to watch another couple. Ooh, okay, these are some great recs. I've I've seen some of them. I've not seen some of the others, so I'm going to add this to my list. To check out later, and uh, that'll be great. These will be the most important show notes you've ever written. Yes, the most important shows I've ever written in my life is this particular episode with all these great <laughs> recommendations. So I have one, not my last question, but I have a question that I want to ask you. Um, what do you think about people hiring sex workers to explore their fetishes and kinks and fantasies? It's exactly what you should do. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the tweet. I mean when you when you think about it, like why why would you why would you hire anyone to do anything that they don't have some experience doing? You know, like really think about it. We look for recommendations for everything from a plumber to um uh just just computer any, any computer yeah, like we need to know that they have some credentials or some experience or dentist. Right, right. And that, you don't want you know, anybody in your mouth. Exactly. So, you know, if you're seeing, if, if there are sex workers that offer it, if, you, um, if you're seeing sex workers that are engaging in a type of play that you want to play with, you have to kind of keep in mind, like, we are professionals at what we do. Um, people are, are hiring us to demonstrate these, these fetishes and these activities um, and we know how to work in a controlled environment and we know how to work with others that we are not in a relationship with. Um, we know how to draw boundaries. You know, you're not going to have a kinky fetish session with King and I, and then we start showing up at, you know, your job wanting to know why you don't love us anymore. Like there is so much. Wait, you're not going to do that. I don't want to no. hire you guys anymore. Never mind. Never That's mind. Not a problem. Your yeah, expectations you <laughs> supersede our services. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's important that you know people work with people that they can feel safe with, and also that they can hold accountable. Like we, you, you can report us to the Better Business Bureau. You can't report that dude from Tinder coming in your house. You know. Yeah, and also sex workers have studied. Like you can actually go and find. Uh, evidence that they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you can look at somebody and be like, oh, okay, I see their flogging technique or I see their rope tying technique and I see that this person is is safe mm-hmm. or this person is okay. That's recommendations. Yeah, you too. can ask for recommendations. You can, you know, you could really do your homework on somebody as opposed to just taking a shot in the dark with somebody who might not know what they're doing, might not have your best uh, interest in, in mind. And, you know, I think that a lot of times people forget, like, they like to say the words sex work together, but they don't actually appreciate it as work or as art, you know, and, and the work that people put in, you see people lasting in this industry or lasting in this, in, in different aspects of the business is because they are good at what they do and they're going to respect you and your boundaries. You know, I, I also want to mention that um, having sex workers step in to help with learning, exploring, or even um, doing like sexual trauma work is not 
it, it it's not new. It's called a sexual surrogate. Like this has been a pra- a therapeutic practice for very for a very long time, where um, therapists and providers, including medical providers, may rely on a professional surrogate to help their client have an experience that is safe, controlled, and has the person's healing and or traumatic experiences in mind. So I think sometimes when we think of sex work, like it has like this this dirty connotation to it, but um, not only is it one of the oldest professions, but it has been utilized in in some of the most respected or respectable spaces that we don't really think about or know about because there's so much shame and stigma around sex in itself and then sex work and then, you know, people having sexual disorders, dysfunctions. It's not something that we talk about openly and often. So, yeah, we've been out here doing this work in so many capacities already putting it in putting in that work <laughs> yeah we, we we definitely i've noticed i i know our listeners have noticed as well um it's so funny you mentioned that because on our well the episode interview that we did with intimacy and zach the um the doms they were talking about kink and certain scenes being used to help in therapy and intimacy's intimacy is actually also a sex surrogate so i was like this all just it all just goes together. Look at that. I did a clapping thing with my hands and I put my fingers together and it was awkward and no one could see it. So thank God for that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, a lot, these things are important. These things are definitely important. And I do agree. I said, I know some people have feelings about it. So I have to ask some questions, you know, just so they know what the right answer is. And so my very, 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 super, very, my actual last question, I swear. I swear it is. What is your favorite scene that you have recorded? Whether it is kink or not, just your favorite scene that you've recorded. That one changes all the time for me. You go first this time. <sighs> do, you, do you mean that I've been in front of the camera or behind the camera? Or can I mm-hmm. do Okay, you can do both. You can do both in front of and also behind the camera. So yeah, two separate answers. You got this. Okay, right now my favorite is um, seen and not heard. Breast milk cum shot with jet setting Jasmine and live revamped because it was we shot we shot that one second, but it was um, Jasmine had just come back to to shooting after after the birth of our son and we were out in LA and it was her first time at Sanctuary LAX filming and we just the creative aspects that went into it like I said all my sapio was was showing right mm-hmm. um Jasmine was was directing and I was doing kind of like uh director of photography and lighting and so it was it was just like the way the ideas and the way it flowed was really great and then just all the all the stuff that we did on camera was sexy as fuck and never have i seen someone get um come and breast milk in their mouth at the same time <laughs> and i remember in the beginning of the shoot um, Liv had said, I, I've never had breast milk before. I was like, oh, you're, well, she said like as an adult or something. And I was just like, you're going to love it. Jasmine's breast milk tastes like the, uh, the milk at the end of your favorite cereal. And, and afterwards she was like, you were 
so right. It tastes so good. Like I thought she was gonna start <laughs> feeding. <it. laughs> so the, come here, girl. <laughs> and then that was that was my favorite to perform. And also because we 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 went in. It was like we was on top of the cage. We was doing so that one. And then um, filming, we just shot a scene with Jet Setting Jasmine and Tayomi Morgan, and I was behind the camera for the uh, for a lot of the shoot before I even got on camera, uh, just filming it and just like lighting Jasmine and all that stuff. I was all like, "Oh, she's so beautiful and shit." I'm like, "What do you want? What do you want today?" <laughs> <laughs> All of it. Listen, he's telling you exactly it, what you want. So why are you trying to pretend like you don't know? I, you know, it, it's it's interesting around here because sex is not something that we really barter around here. So he probably wants something like me to fold the clothes or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really don't. I don't want Thank nothing. You. It's just it's funny because like in the one that we just shot, I was looking for like some kind of inspiration for the part where Jasmine is is uh, doing a therapy with Tayomi, right? And like the kink counseling part. Mm. And I thought of one of my most favorite movies from mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And I was like, yo, Warriors was my shit. And, you know, it's just like, that's what inspired me at this one point. So there's like a shot that's like an ode to the Warriors in that. And you might never hear something like that again in regards to filming porn. That no, <laughs> I was inspired by the movie <laughs> for a shot, but you know, like just that aspect of it. Like I, I enjoy being behind the camera a lot as well, especially when I have beautiful people to work with who think that my compliments are asking for things. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, King. Um, my favorite, my favorite scene right now kind of looking back we had we had like a glimpse of it recently um it is a whole invitation oh to, to, to a avoid yeah that was funny i um i like that scene because one it 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 was just shot really really well like from as soon as it starts like the sex is starting like i i, I love that like we get right into it um i love the fact that one of my really really close sorority sisters shot it so um the world will never know who shot it but it was it was so special that she was willing to like engage in our fuckery <laughs> <laughs> and she did such a great yeah, job she really did. um and that that scene it actually um one of my one of my one of my partners, that was the scene that he saw that he was like, I need to know her. And so I was like, oh, like that must have been a really, really good scene if it's got people, you know. Reaching out. Yeah, like kind of stalking me. I kind of, kind of like it though. And um, the one that I shot, oh, do we, what do we have up there? Oh, I know. The, no, that's not my favorite. Actually, my, my favorite now is You with the Sword. It's not even an official scene, but recently King oh, did an OnlyFans live. And sometimes I do the behind sword? the scenes for his live. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, <laughs> yo, Sham, you guys see it. Um, he's like like masturbating and doing edge play and knife play. And he has this sword. uh and like then you get confused like am i watching the sword or am i watching his dick are they the same like oh my goodness is he gonna cut his dick off oh my god am I gonna <laughs> like i was so nervous and so excited at the same time and then when i saw it back i was like oh like this really looks beautiful and it was kind of like a dance you were doing with the 
the sword. It was really beautiful. So I enjoyed that a lot. I guess I'm I just want to say, I, guess, I, <laughs> I um, yeah, I guess you are. But I follow King on Snapchat, so I saw the clips on that, and I was like, wait, what? What is happening right now? See, <laughs> Jasmine was getting excited. That's what you were seeing. <laughs> Yeah, oh, and you yeah, know what else? No. That that scene really cool is that one of his fans came over to my OnlyFans and tipped me for filming that for him. That's awesome. That I was just like, Ooh. I have a ride. <laughs> Oh wow, that's brand synergy right there. Mm-hmm. So we both made money on that. That was we a money it. shot. Money shot all the way. <laughs> a literal money shot. Great. So uh, while Jen is like feverishly trying to find all these scenes and you know <laughs> but them from her when she's done I want to thank you guys again for joining us for this wonderful episode and is there anything that you want to plug anywhere where people can find you and you know are the dms open can people contact you directly for you know personal connections yes um so you can find me at jet setting jasmine on instagram facebook and on twitter i'm jet set jasmine um i do definitely answer my um dms to direct people to chat with me on OnlyFans slash jet set jasmine try really hard to keep the internet clean by keeping adult conversations and content behind a paywall which we can verify that the person is of age and willing to pay for their services. So, OnlyFans. Once again, premium brand. Premium. You can see all of our scenes on royalfetishxxx.com or kingnoirxxx.com. You can find me maybe on Instagram and Twitter because I'm shadow banned and a motherfucker. On Twitter, I'm at kingnoir, K-I-N-G-N-O-I-R-E. If it's some different shit, it's probably not me. And then uh, the real King Noir or King Noir X on Instagram and at King Noir on OnlyFans as well. Definitely make sure you catch the new single, Hustle Matrimony, for all my sapios out there and all my people who got a hustle fetish like me and Jazz Mm -hmm. to get your money out here. Uh, You can check that out. And also a new video is coming very, very soon for my single, Pali Sutra. And it really is some next level shit. So I can't wait to share it with y'all. And I can't wait to see it. All of this just sounds amazing. Once again, guys, thank you so, so much for being here. And uh, hope to have you back again sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Have a good evening. Once again, we want to thank King Noir and Jessica and Jasmine for agreeing to be on the podcast and like giving us their time and their energy and sharing and their knowledge and such wisdom. Such a lovely, <laughs> yeah, that was that was an amazing chat. I mean, come on, listen to it. Got real sexy, but you know that's what we expect. But it also got real informative, which is what we aim to do at this podcast. And I think this is one of the episodes that really achieved that. Yeah, it combines the sexy and the informative best here. I think this is one of our best episodes, if I do say so myself. I, I think it's one of our best episodes, one of the best interviews that we've done. And Is it just because it's your one of your favorite guests? Or- silence, I kill you. <laughs> Be quiet. Why would you even say that? Why would you even bring that up? But no, I mean, just, just um, content-wise as well, just the kind of topics that we cover. And, you know, it is 
King Tobern. So we talked about kings and we talked about fetishes and things like that and the history behind certain things, which some people don't definitely get to think about. And I just, yeah, it, it touched a lot of buttons for me. It scratched some itches and diddled some skittles. <laughs> I bet it did. I may have had to diddle my skittle after this conversation, but you know what? That's fine. Oh, That's fine. That's where we are. So again, we want to thank them for being here. We want to thank everyone who's participated in our Kingtober series, everyone who listens to this podcast, who shares it with their friends. Right now we are at over 8,000 plays and we have 800 followers on Instagram. Really appreciate that. We're trying to build our fan base. We haven't even exactly hit the year mark yet since the first episode came out. Do you realize that, Jan? Oh, really? It hasn't. It's a year in November. And Uh, we are, we're getting so close, guys. We really, really appreciate all of you rocking with us. I mean, ideally, I'm greedy and want to hit 10,000 plays and 1,000 Instagram followers by our original launch date. But, you know, like, I don't want to force anyone to do anything. I mean, if you would like to let Jen have live out a little fantasy, don't you want to be a part of Jen's fantasy? Come on, share it with your friends. Let them know what we're doing over here. Let them know there's a little podcast that could, that wants a, a few more followers, a few more listens. And, you know, you can help us out. Help us out. Help us help you. Yeah. So let me tell you guys where to find us so you can make this happen. So on Twitter, you can find us at Pod. We don't have as many as 800 followers on Twitter. I'll be honest. We're in the 200s over there. But again, if you guys want to do that, we're working on it. We're building it. Um, On Instagram, we are at MonogamishPod. Again, uh, we're on Facebook. We have a Facebook page now. Finally, it is, you know, we've crossed over to the dark side, the necessary evil, if you will. Uh, So it's Facebook.com slash MonogamishPod. You can find us pretty easily that way. Uh, You can support us on Patreon if you would like to hear special bonus episodes, uh, see content that you won't see anywhere else, even at All Playground, I'm going to be honest. Uh, There's some content just for patrons. You can find it at patreon.com slash monogamishpod. We are an 18 plus platform, so you can't just search for us in Patreon. You have to actually type it into the bar, you know, www.patreon.com slash monogamishpod. You got to type out all that. Um, yeah, that's true. We have a website. Surprise! It's monogamishpod.com. Where you can find the detailed show notes, you know, just slaved over by a very tired and a very dedicated gen. <laughs> that's true. I do the show notes. I do. It's, it, I, I try to pretend sometimes that it's not me. Like, I'm like, oh, Jen thinks this. I'm like, why don't you just write I? Nah, nah, we got to leave some mystery. So we do the show notes. The detailed show notes are there. Links to our merch shop are there as well. You can go to just monogamishpod.com and kick the shop button. You can get to our merch shop. Or if you're feeling fancy, you want to type in the website for merch directly. It's monogamishpod.threadless.com. Sham, where can they listen to us? Well, of course, they can listen to us on iTunes, during the podcast app. You can listen to us on Google Podcasts. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can listen to us basically wherever you can get your podcasts from. If there's somewhere that you can't find us, let us know. We'll try to get there. Of course, you can listen to us on SoundCloud. Unfortunately, you can only get the most recent episodes, but they're there. So yeah, wherever you get your podcast from. Yes, we host using Anchor, of course. So you guys can go directly to the Anchor site and search for us there. Monogamish Pod. 
Um, I have another podcast you guys may or may not have heard of called Blatchelorettes with my pod partner, Lex. We talk about reality dating shows. Right now we're focused on The Bachelorette this season. That's why I haven't been harassing Sham with my hot takes on reality TV. So. Yeah, she just emptied this all out over there. And mm-hmm. I'm so much happy for it. So I love my, my podcast, Metalmore. <laughs> And another thing we want to talk to you guys about is our friends at YouTube, right? Uh, it is Duppy season still. Duppy season ends on October 31st. So they're doing 10% off their entire Duppy collection. You guys definitely want to take advantage of that. And also free shipping on orders over $75. If y'all want to let Duppy season pass you by, that's totally fine too, because you can put in code monogamish and get 10% off your order no matter what. Boom. That's what that's what it is. I drop it on him like it was hot. <laughs> so hot. So very hot. And I think that's almost it for today. Of course, one last time for our friends at allplayground.net. Hit them up. Pew, 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 pew. Don't forget, guys. $3.99 for three days until October 31st. Definitely take advantage of that. Maybe we'll see you over there. So for the last time, this Kingtober, I'm Jen. Oh, I'm Sham. And, and we're monogamish. I don't know. I don't know. I'm watching the squiggly lines and I can't tell. It's close. It's close. Ah, damn it. Happy Kingtober. Happy Kingtober. Excellent. So, bye.